I got to tell you, I've got two calls. I knew when I did this, I was going to get these calls because it was the exact same thing that I thought when, when I sent out my sermon title, My Aching Heart, I immediately got a, a, a text that says, are you going to play Billy Ray Cyrus's My Achy Breaky Heart? And I, and I was like, you know, I thought about it. <laughs> and then Aubrey got me this morning. He says, so we're listening to Billy Ray this morning, right? I said, nah, we'll, have, we'll, we'll wait to the podcast series. We'll, if we do that again, we'll, we'll do it. But, but it did cross my mind. And uh, I thank old Billy Ray Cyrus for that song that will be burned in our brains for the rest of our lives. So this morning, uh, turn to Joshua 6, 18 and 19, and then I'm going to jump over to 7. It's going to take me, this is probably a little different than I normally do. Just give me a second while you turn to that to kind of build this context. That's, that's norm, not normally how I do this, but, but I'm going to do it this morning. And uh, several years ago, something that stuck with me for a long time, long time, is, is in that it's, we don't, we don't talk about this much anymore. And man, I'm not here to knock any ministry. Look, I watch at least 16 different church services all during the week. And it's because I need them. It's not because I'm spiritual. It's because I really need them. And uh, I'm trying to stay spiritual. So I'll watch tomorrow morning. I'll start early. I get a little notification. This one's ready. Then the next, this one's ready. So I go through them. And, uh, but, you know, I don't hear a lot, of, a lot of us talking about sin. Because when I look around, if you're at church on Sunday morning, you're winning. You know, if, if you just came to the building and walk through those doors, you can write that down in your win box. You may not feel like you're winning at anything else, but today I went to church. And uh, so mark that up correctly. And we don't talk about sin much. And you know, when I was a kid, it was easier because everything was a sin. And, and I heard this a while back, if it makes you grin, it's sin. So, and it's true, now it's complicated. It really is, and that probably sounds funny, but sin is complicated. And uh, I'm going to be explaining to you some things as I go through this message this morning that will tie it up at the end. But, but that's, that's what we're talking about. And, you know, under Mosaic Law, there's really three branches of sin. There's the civil, the ceremonial, moral. And we all, we all know the, the Ten Commandments. And, and you, you may not be real well versed on all of those three, but civil is exactly what it is. Restitution, you know, buying land, just civil law. Ceremonial, all the good feasts and everything, all the, the buffets. Um, that's what we have now. We have uh, fried chicken dinners, and uh, they had their ceremonial feast. You have the moral law, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, regulations on justice, sexual conduct. Ten Commandments are included in that. And um, if you're like, man, I hate that I'm this way, but I'm, I am this way. And uh, I'm kind of like, yeah, but that's Old Testament. So, you know, I'm in a dispensation of grace, and how does this apply to me today? Because I know that Jesus came, and he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So where are we at with that in the New Testament? Well, there's nine of the ten, ten commandments listed in the New Testament. Just real quickly, do not worship any other gods. Do not make idols. And I can give you the scriptures later, but do not misuse the name of the Lord. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not covet. Out of those nine, the only one that's missing is the Sabbath. And because we, we don't have to observe it that way, every day is Sabbath for us. Every day we're living for the Lord. Every day is set aside for our relationship with Jesus. And when talking about sin gets me to Joshua 6. And uh, starting with the siege at Jericho. 
Joshua at this time has taken over from Moses. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. And they're on the way to the promised land, but, but such as it is in life, there are obstacles always between purpose and destiny. In the story of Jericho, the Canaanites stand in the way of Israelites moving into the promised land. Have you ever had something in your way this morning that kept you from getting where you needed to be, that kept you from getting where you always thought you would be? It's your, your Jericho. Your Canaanites are standing in your way. Joshua 5.13 says, The commander of the Lord's army appears to Joshua. The commander, and we know that to be Jesus, says, I have given you Jericho, its king, and its strong warriors. Man, how would it be? Wouldn't it just be awesome? I, I ask the Lord all the time, if you could just appear in front of me. And here Joshua has it happened. Has anybody ever, have you had that physical, like, no? Okay, I haven't had that either. I've asked for it probably 600 times. The commander says, I've given you the city. It's yours. Then he explains the process. There's always a process. And you, you'll recognize the story if you went to Sunday school as a kid. It says you march around the walls once a day for six days. You carry the Ark of the Covenant. You blow the ram's horns, but you don't say anything. Just one time. Once every six, one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, you march around the walls seven times with the Ark, blowing the ram's horn. And on the seventh time, you can finally scream a little bit. You can shout. And you make some noise because you've got the victory. God gives very specific instructions on what to do at that point with the city. He says everything has to be destroyed except for Rahab the prostitute. Now, can we stop there for a second? Aren't you glad that we don't tell each other's business when we say your name? Like Chad the knucklehead or, you know, Aubrey the meanie. I don't know. Uh, Aubrey the former drug dealer. Whatever it is, we don't, we don't address that. Now we're like, just Aubrey, just whatever. Now we're like, look, whatever else happened, I don't really got time to listen to it. So we're just going with Aubrey. I'm, I'm glad today that the, the Lord, yet you guys don't refer to me. It would be a long name, by the way. It'd be a very long name. Chad Moody messes up, drives too fast, screams at people in front of him, road rage. It'd be a long name, guys. Rahab, what's, what interests me about Rahab, just on a side note, is that she's the one that hid the two spies that Moses sent to Canaan to, to spy out the land. And also, Jesus is a descendant of Rahab, the prostitute. And if you feel like you've just gone too far, you've done too much, just remember Rahab. Just remember what comes from her life. That's free. I'm not charging y'all for that, guys. Here's where I want to be today. All that to set up here. Joshua 6. 18 and 19, says, do not take away any of the things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, and or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. Now uh, to chapter 7, verse 20 and 21, it says, Achan replied, it is true, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder... I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins, a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with the silver buried deeper than the rest. It says, among the plunder I saw. Y'all say saw. He says, I wanted. Say wanted. I took. Man. That's where we're going to go today. Let's pray real quick. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. 
Lord, there's not a time I don't open up the Bible that, that you don't speak something to me. And Father, Lord, I, 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 I repent now for the times that I've taken that for granted. And Lord, I pray that you take this word that we speak today, the stories that we tell. And Lord, you anoint them by your Holy Spirit. Father, you do what only you can do. Bless this message today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the message was clear. The gold, the silver, the coins, the bronze, the iron, it belonged to, it belonged to God. These items were set apart for use in the tabernacle or what would be the future temple. Everything else was to be destroyed, easy peasy. But Achan was disobedient to this clear warning from God. You know, his story can be summed up in what I just asked you to repeat. It says, I wanted, I saw, and I took. That's exactly what James warns us about when he wrote in James 1.14. says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. If I'm being completely honest this morning, for me, in preparation of doing this, and for me to get up, and it's, it's preaching on sin, talking about sin, is not the easiest thing in the world to do, because even now, I've got this real plane in my mind of times where I've probably sinned of times where I've probably disappointed the Holy Spirit in my life. And so when to get up and call you out on yours means that this little movie's playing in my head of you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have. You saw, you took. And so I want you to know this morning that I'm not coming. I really started to preach from down there, but I didn't want to have to bring my robe and my gold and all that with me. Because I want you to know, man, I'm coming at this with you. I'm not just coming at you, but I want the Lord to, to, to deal with the sin that's in my heart, that's in my life. We look at what an aching heart is. An aching heart is a secular heart. Achan was proud and rebellious, not thinking about the Lord's purpose, not thinking about his plan. He was doing God's work. He's fighting in God's army, but he was out of the will of God. Pride and rebellion, they, they really are the hidden sins of the church because you can't see it. I can see that you did something you shouldn't have done on Saturday night. I might can see it in the newspaper. Uh, I might can see that you, you've done things you shouldn't do. I can hear about that you've done things. But pride and rebellion, only you know. And then it manifests itself and gets a story, of, gets you a story in the Bible that we're talking about all these years later. It's a hidden, hidden, it's a hidden problem in the church. Aching heart is a secretive heart. David had a secret heart. There was a time, though, when it was discovered and it was punished. So, too, was Achan's secret heart revealed. Joshua 7, 23 says, They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Look, there's nothing like having all your business in front of God and everybody. It's called Facebook, people. It's called Facebook. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tell myself not to get up here and be messy. I don't, I, I'm sinning against myself. I don't listen to myself. Anyway, it's a selfish heart. An aching heart's a selfish heart. Aiken is the only one thinking of himself. He doesn't consider the implications that his sin could bring upon his family and his friends. He only thinks of himself. If we're going to talk about Aiken and a, uh, a selfish heart, first thing we got to really break down is that we can't rationalize sin. You, you, can't, it, it, you can't 
you can't sweet talk it. You can't sugarcoat it. Just sin is sin. When Achan picked up the gold, and this, I brought my gold this morning, and I'm going to tell you why I brought this in a little bit, but I brought my gold. It's really cardboard, guys, but don't be trying to steal my gold after church. It, it looks good, though. He picked up that gold, and he picked up that silver, and he had to have that robe. At that point, that's it. He crossed the line. At that point, at any point, he could he could have, I mean, you could look at it. It's, it's a, no, I shouldn't do that and give it back. But if you're like me, you, you probably be doing this right here. Put that in my jacket pocket and go to Sonic. Um, at that point, Aiken says it won't hurt a thing. If I keep this stuff for myself, no one will ever know. Let me tell you about sin. I've told y'all about the shopping cart. Man, I got more text messages over that. It, it's, it, it, the, the Lord deals with you in stages. Today's the shopping cart. Tomorrow, what you listen to. The next day, what you watch. And it gets, it gets more and more difficult. You know, I told you about the story of my dad teaching us to swim. And, and we'd get a little bit, and then he would, he's moving back the whole time. And, and he keeps moving the line. So success is here, and then he's fooling us. Nope, success is here. Nope, success is here because he keeps moving. He keeps moving the bar. And that's what the Lord does. You know, I, I thought this morning um, of a friend of mine. This was in South Louisiana. My dad pastored. This is one of those, this is a real story. This really happened where uh, the church was on a major highway down there, and we had a church sign. And, and the lady, the, the secretary of the church was, you know, everybody loved her. Her husband had actually pastored the church years before. Sweet, sweet lady. And she always had a great message. I mean, it was like Joel Osteen on the highway. She was great at this. She did, she did all by herself. We had a guy who became a very good friend of mine that was not raised in church. He'd drive by that sign every day, and that sign got to working on him. And now, he was 30 years old probably at the time. That sign got to working on him. And one day, we're having a revival, and, and he's like, He'll tell you. He, he, he said, the Holy Spirit, as I, he didn't know what it was. He said, he said, something told me to come in. If I'll go in, some, my life will be changed. True story. And he went in not having church history. He and his wife, she's raised Catholic. He was raised redneck. And uh, South, that part of South Louisiana is funny. It's not as Cajun as you would think. And um, he went into that, that church that night, listened to the message, went down to the altar, got saved, like really saved. And here's why I tell you that story, because he had dipped skull since he was 12 years old, and he didn't want to do it anymore. He's like, I, I don't want to do this. I, the, the Lord dealt with him on that. He, he put it down, never touched it again. Never touched it again. He had done it since he was 12 years old. Now, I've never done that, but I, I understand that it's, it's not an easy thing to give up. Nicotine, once you get on it, you, it's very, very difficult. But the Lord delivered him immediately. But where he struggled, he, he couldn't quit cussing. He, he said it took him forever. He said, they've just, just come out. He said, I had to work on it. So when I tell you the Lord moves the bar, that's an example of, hey, I can help you with this, but you're going to have to work on that. And in so many of our lives, there, the Lord gives us a long list. And thankfully, honestly, he probably gives it to me three things at a time. Said, and once you get to this, we'll go to the next level. And how many times will we cry? I'll sit up here and say, Lord, make, make room. 
And, and he says, okay, we'll give that up. I'm like, ah. Oh. It usually has something to do with the playlist. Um, y'all know I've, I've confessed that to y'all, so don't hold it against me. Rationalizing his sin, Achan was disregarding God's message. Isn't it like us to rationalize away God's clear-cut message? If you try hard enough, you can ignore God's clear commands and come up with an excuse for why it's okay for you to do what you're doing. A lot of times we rationalize sin by being unfaithful to church. I know that's old school, but there's something that happens here that can't happen at home. I told you I watch, and seriously, I'm not even exaggerating. If at least three services extra a week, I watch church services. And, I, and they, they, they feed me. I need that. But it's not the same. It's not the same. Even though maybe their music's better. Maybe their preaching's better. Um, it's not the same as being here. There's a strength. The, the Bible even talks about there being a special blessing because you forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. There is something hap- that happens when, when I'm here with other believers. Don't, don't miss that. It's, it's not that, oh, if you, and this is, they taught this when I was a kid. It's, well, if you don't go to church, you're not a Christian, you're going to hell. Well, technically, if I'm married, I don't necessarily have to live there. But I ain't going to be married for long if I don't. You know what I'm saying? So why don't I do the same principle with church? If, if I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church, I ain't going to be a Christian very long. So let's move on. This one, this is an ugly word in church. We talk about pornography, things that we can justify. You know that I'm not hurting anyone because it's just me. I'm not, nobody sees it. It's in private. You know, 51% of pastors say that internet pornography is a possible temptation for them. 37% admit that it is a current struggle. 57% of men ages 30 to 49 report having watched pornography in the past month. And 42% say that they've watched it in the past week. Now, y'all don't start counting up numbers in here. Anytime I hear statistics, I start counting up. I'm like, two of 10 people have bad breath, and I start I was looking at around the room, said, it ain't me, it must be you. 57%, that's high. We don't, we don't, we're not going to actually raise your hands, but, but you know, especially in this day and time where, where, you know, when I was a kid, you had to work. If you was going to get a, a, a something that you shouldn't look at, you had to work for it. Uh, now you do not. It is, it is easily accessible. How about adultery? Like, oh, yeah, these are the big sins. These are the big ones. Have you ever heard, though, um, and Lord help us, but my spouse ignores me? And that's, that sounds, I can tell you I've heard that. I've, I've heard that over the years, more than one time. And you justify your sin. We can't deal with sin if we continue to excuse sin. You just can't. Now, it sounds like I'm picking on guys. A lot of those things kind of probably um, more for the men in the house. But maybe I should have said something about gossip for the ladies. Y'all, I appreciate y'all laughing at that. But let me, can I be honest with you? Men gossip just as much. So let's move on. Uh, By Achan rationalizing his sin, he was also disrupting God's purpose. God's people had marched over Jericho in one of the most successful battles in history. Jericho falls to this army because they're obedient. They did it God's way. At this point, it seems like nothing can stop them. They're winning. They're winning this this game of life. Their momentum alone seemed to be enough to get them 
over the next small hurdle. Hey, once we get past this thing, we're good. This little town of Ai, we're good after that. But in the city of Ai, the children of Israel, they got a wake-up call. As God often does, he allowed a setback to refocus his children. You'll recognize some similarities of where we are with what I'm speaking about this morning. Joshua 7, 4 through 5 says, So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were easily defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. See, God's people have been faithful, but now they're about to undergo a painful pruning. But they had to go through this to bring about more fruit. One man's sin stopped the forward movement of God's people, and it temporarily, say temporarily. I like that word. I'm a big fan of that word right now. Temporarily disrupted God's plan of placing the Israelites into the land of Canaan. So right now, if you take inventory, Israel suffers their first defeat. 36 innocent men have died, and the people were demoralized. Next, we have to understand that we cannot hide sin. God used a dramatic unveiling to identify the guilty party. Look, I don't want to be this guy. I, I don't want to. I, I thank God we don't deal with people this way. But look at this. Twelve tribes gather, and the guilty trial or the guilty tribe would be identified. Then the different clans would be brought out of that tribe until the guilty clan was identified. Next, the different families within the tribe would be paraded in front of the man of God until the guilty family was identified. Then the guilty individual in the family is identified. So we should learn to recognize the Aiken syndrome. We have to learn to look around and take inventory. One of the things, I don't, again, we talk about Facebook. I don't do this. I want to, though. You see this everywhere. Y'all ever see this tattoo? It's my only guy can judge me. Or you've heard people say, only God can judge me. It's usually when they're being bad. It's like, don't you judge me. The Bible says, do not judge. Y'all ever seen that? The Bible says, do not judge. Well, if, if you know who Jesus is, that doesn't apply to you. The, the Bible says, do not judge the sinner, the, that God will deal with the sinner. But you shall know them by the fruit they bear. So if I have ever seen you at church, especially in the South, look, up North may be a little different, but in the South, Y'all have all been to children's church at least one time, and you know who Jesus is for the majority of people. Their relationship may not be developed, but they know, they know who Jesus is. So many of you, yeah, I can look around and say, man, that is not a banana tree. He's a fruit tree, but he ain't a banana tree. He's not a banana. He said he's a banana man. He's not. He said, I look at that tree. There's no fruit on that. That tree's dead. I can do that in church. We're supposed to do that. Now, what I'm not supposed to do, I don't want to parade you in front of God and everybody, but I should be able to, Aubrey's on the front row, so I'm going to pick on him again. I should be able to call Aubrey and say, man, you good? I, I, I sense something. I see something. Are you good? Now, whatever happens after that is maybe not my responsibility, but my responsibility as a Christian, ain't got nothing to do with, with leadership, nothing to do with pastoring, as a Christian brother, my, my job is, Aubrey, are you good? How, you and Bree okay? What can I do? How can I pray for you? 
We, we mess that up in church, I got to tell you. We mess it up, and it, I mess it up, we mess it up, because people have real problems. People have, like, they have real stuff going on. And I got to be honest with you, most of the time when they tell the truth, we're scared. I'm like, oh, 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 I'm not qualified. I've said this, I'm not qualified to help you with that. I, 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 here's a phone number of somebody who is. Um, I'll be praying for you. You're on our church prayer list. I go to oakschurch.cc. I'm clicking on the prayer tab. I'm doing that right now. Our staff will be lifting you up uh, because we're, we're scared. We're scared to deal with the heavy stuff. We messed that up. We have to learn from this story that I've told you that you can't get away unless God helps you. You can't get away with an aching heart. Our sins will find us out. We will be exposed. I can hear my grandma. My mama Parker was never rough. Uh, as long as you didn't say guts at her house. And uh, that was, you would get in trouble for that. Uh, I can hear her saying, though, be sure your sins will find you out. In a sweet little voice, be sure your sins will find you out. And every time, every time, at some point, every time, they will find you out. Remember that God knows about our sin. Proverbs 15.3 says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. God hates our sin. God does not overlook our sin, and God punishes our sin. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Do not be deceived that God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For if one sows into his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. My problem growing up in church is that when, I, when, when we talk about sin, I think every time I heard about it, it was... It was you know, you're going to hell. It, it was from that point of view. It was always, so I, in my mind, God's angry. In my mind, he's like, you know, looking over at heaven with a baseball bat and just going to pop me on the head. That's not the image I have now. I, God hates sin because if, if I'm trying to get to Casey on the front row and this is sin and I can't move around it, and I can't go to the left, and I can't go to the right, but I see that she needs me, then I can't get to her if I don't move this thing. The reason I'm frustrated is because this thing's in my way. I'm not standing over here with a baseball bat because she needs me. I'm standing over here, this thing is in my way. I'm frustrated because she put this thing here, and I asked her not to put it there because I knew this is the only way that I could get to her. I said, do not leave that in my way. And I left it, she left it in my way. I can't get to, she's the only one that can move this. That's how God's looking at me this morning. That's how he wants to deal with my sin. He's not beating me over the head. His, his, his game plan this morning for your life is for you to succeed. It's not for you to fail. It's not for you to just barely make it in. It's for, it's for this thing, this sin, not to be in the way so that he can do in your life what he has been dropping the deposits in your heart. If we only live to please the flesh, you're going to reap death and destruction. But if you live in, for the Holy Spirit, he will give you eternal life. Our sin affects those around us. We know that. Our spouse and our children, kids tend to struggle with what's being displayed to them, what they're subjected to. 
They're going to struggle with the same thing. That's why we like to, we like to use, I love church sometimes. It's like we, we want to, use, I've got a book in the back for sale that says how to break generational curses. Well, I've got a common sense that says if you do this in front of your kids, then they're going to do that in front of theirs. I, don't, I have no book to sell you to tell you that. If we want to talk about generational curses, we'll quit doing dumb things over and over again. You know, I, I, I tend to want to be on the practical side. I know there's some things that you gotta, you got to break through, but, but let's, let's be practical before we get to the book table. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. See, I told y'all. Y'all bring it out of me. God can forgive our sins. Look at 1 John 1, 9. How many of us know the scripture? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, look, you don't have to come tell me. That's not what that means. You don't, you don't have to come tell me, hey, I've done this, this, and this. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to know. I'm, I'm here to help you on your journey. But you need to confess to the Lord. My prayers usually go something like this. Lord, I know that you know, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because he does. I know that you saw what I did. I know that you saw what I said. But I, I want you to know that I know that you know. So that's, that's how I start those off. Real, real kind of timid-like, and, and I figure if I say enough words, I learned this in English. I had a great English teacher in high school, and she said, look, if you don't know what you're talking about, just say a bunch of stuff. And, and she was a teacher, and, and honestly, it helped me through college. I'm not even going to lie. She said, just, just write so much that I get tired of reading, and it worked. I made it like a bee in that class. So thank you. Her name was Miss Pope. Miss Pope, wherever you are, thank you. So... What would have been the outcome, though, if Achan, instead of burying that treasure, he had run to Joshua and cried out for forgiveness? What if, what if he'd have went to him and said, look, I struggled with this. I, I wanted this. It's a little cheap, silly stuff I wanted. I saw it. I had to have it. Here it is. Forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. Instead of burying it, instead of hiding it, we bury our sin. We hide our sin because, like I said, the church has struggled with this. We, we preach it. Every church preaches this. Every church preaches, hey, bring all your needs. We love you. You know, come as you are. We'll, and we'll help you to be who you need to be. You know, you don't have your past is under the blood. Yeah, but, but if I come and tell you I took this stuff and when I took it, 36 people died because I did it. Like, all you see is this goofy gold and this silver. But what I see is 36 people that are dead. I see dreams demolished. I see hope shattered because I couldn't give this up. And it's, it's silly. I, I, I couldn't do without it. We've all got something we can't do without. We all do. I hope you don't. But there's, there's something that we just can't surrender. There's something. The lesson is clear. It's not always easy. But you can't let your heart become an aching heart. Confess and turn from your sin. Lastly, we learned, and I'm almost done, a sinful heart must be mortified. I struggle with bringing that word to you this morning because it's not something we use every day. I, I would rather talk to you like I talk. But there's not another word quite like that word. It, it, it's a theological term, and it's describing a Christian putting 
lingering sinful impulses to death. The punishment that we see Achan endure, it's harsh. It's, it's, it's extreme. I mean, how many of us honestly would be pushing up daisies if we had to suffer this punishment for our sin? Probably all of us. Um, but the 36 innocent people died. The people that fought alongside of him. He was in God's will. He was doing what God asked him to do. But he did it the wrong way. He had stuff in here that he shouldn't have had. And the 36 people died beside him. Therefore, if you're going to cause those to fail, if you're going to cause those to fall, if your actions literally kill, and they do, then Achan had to be put down. The application for us this morning is our sin has to be put down. We're not, we're not going to kill you. That's not what it's about. It's our sin has to be dealt with. Our sin, it has to be, it has to be confessed. You can, if you feel like you need to confess that to somebody, that's it. But you've got to talk to Jesus. You have to start there. And then you've got to quit. You have to turn away. Can you imagine one day Achan was celebrating the victory over Jericho? I mean, you've just seen a miracle. You've seen something happen that should not have happened. And yet God was with them and God made a way. I mean, and it was obvious. It was, there's no, like, man, we're pretty good fighters. You know, we had knives in our boots and had all kinds of guns. And if you're from Washington Parish, you got 27,000 rounds of ammo in your garage. Like, yeah, but that's not the case. Like, no, nah, man. Just walk around, carry a box, and blow a horn. That's all you got to do. That doesn't even make any sense. But I know that it was God. I've just seen that happen. And yet I can't walk away from this after I saw that. He did not realize the effects of his own sin until it was too late. Proverbs 28, 13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and they turn from them, they will receive mercy. In the end, Achan had to be killed. It would have been so much better for everyone had he simply killed the lust in his heart. And, and you know, what, what I failed to say here is that Achan was killed. Achan's wife was killed. Achan's children were killed. Kill the sin. If daddy struggled with this, then maybe junior struggles. And we can't have this disobedience go any further and he they killed them all thank god we don't live in the old testament anymore everybody be dead in my house everybody if we will only resist the enemy resist him early do it early resist him early he will flee from us the devil knows where to hit you you know if i can be real honest that it's it's i don't struggle i don't struggle with going out and getting drunk because i've never done that I've, I've, I've always, I, I've been bad in church, but I've always been in church. Uh, I've had to apologize to a lot of Sunday school teachers, but I was always in church. So the devil doesn't hit me there, but the devil absolutely hits me in other areas. The devil knows where to hit you. If, if you're, I mean, I've heard this story so many times that if someone has gone through recovery 15, 20 years, and then one day, one day, something triggers them and they go back to a place of familiarity. 
the devil knows where to hit you. I mean, it's almost to me, it's almost, I'm so believing this, it's almost that I can tell you, man, that ain't even your fault. The enemy's out to destroy you. This morning, I, I really said all this to get to this last part here. And, um, and man, this is tough for me. Have you ever had to apologize for something you didn't do? Oh, Lord. I, I've had to apologize for a lot of stuff I did do. Um, but if you're married, you should have learned how to apologize even if you didn't do it. If you're smart, that, that's not a lesson that comes easy to me. <laughs> Ooh. But every once in a while, I'll be smart. I got a phone call a couple weeks ago. I was, I was struggling with some things. And I was struggling to connect the dots, which, I mean, I, I tend to think, I think through my processes pretty good. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't always work out like I thought, but man, I thought it out real good. And it was beautiful in my mind. This case, I could not. I, I knew I felt this, and I knew I felt this, and I knew I felt this. But I, I could not connect them. And, and I got a phone call a couple weeks ago from somebody I trust, somebody that doesn't live here. Um, and, and I began to tell them these things. And, oh, boy, I, and then I wish I wouldn't have. Because it's like our conversation went from, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. Let me set you these. It wasn't bad. But our conversation went from casual to student-teacher real fast. Like old-school teacher, dumb student, fast. And... They began to just bam, 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 bam. And he said, he said, man, I'm going to tell it the, the easy way. And this is for family this morning. If so, if you're visiting here, it'll be better next time. Um, but th this is for us today. And I'm, I, I begged, I asked him, I said, I can't do this. He said, well, you got to. He said, somebody's got to do this. I said, I feel this, I feel this, I feel this. He said, here's your problem. He said, y'all went so, so big, so fast. He says, now you're starting back over. He, he says, you got to repent. To which I said, I didn't do anything. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, God's brought you to a place where you're starting over. And just like these 36, that's where the sermon came from. Just like these 36 suffer consequences for things they didn't sow. He said, you've got to take this back to the bottom, to the foundation. And I said, I'm not the guy for that. He said, well, somebody's got to be. So today it's you. So this morning... I'm asking us to do something to apologize for something we didn't do. Really, and I can't, I can't move on in my own life if we don't do this. Because it affects our house. It affects our future. Aiken, Aiken, I, I can't get past, I've said it many times, I can't get past the 36 innocent. How many innocent have we hurt? This morning, that, that's where I'm at. And when we don't, we don't repent, if, if, if we're like Aiken, we're saying, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. And this is where I was. I saw, 
Man, because y'all don't know, but Casey will tell you, I despise saying I'm sorry. I just won't hardly do it. I'm as bullheaded as a piece of concrete. I just won't hardly do it. It's one of those things the Lord tells me to be better at. And I thought, how silly is it that I can't repent? And that's what Achan couldn't do. He couldn't give up this silliness. Sin, sin is, it starts off being silly. This piece of gold, 36 people, these pieces of silver, this goofy robe, why do I need this robe? Why? Why do I need it? I just wanted it. I just wanted it. It wasn't like I didn't have clothes. It wasn't like I was running around naked. I just wanted this robe. I saw it and I wanted it. I wanted this silver. I wasn't worried about what it cost. I can't be the guy that won't repent even though I don't think I have to. I won't be that guy. Some asked us this morning to do something that you don't have to do. You can make a choice today. I'm not going to let the sin of the house, the sin of another person, hold me back anymore. Wanna, um, I really hate that I cry in front of y'all. I really hate it. Um, I also don't do that, but this is, this is heavy on my heart. We're going to pray. The band's going to come up and help me. But I want to spend, I, I don't know if I can lead you in this. I think there are mature leaders in this house that know how to pray. I know there are. And, and even if you're out there and you don't know what to say, what to do, I think this is a time for you to reflect I am going to pray a certain way this morning, but I think this is a time for you to reflect. Say, God, what's, what is standing in between me and you? That's, I heard Steve Hill say that years ago. What sin, whatever's in between you and God? And I'm like, whoa. If, if God wants me to do this and he keeps moving the line, whatever sin is, is what makes that line move. If I can't get to God, that, then it's sin. It, it, could, it could be... It could be baked chicken. I mean, it really could. It could, it could be anything that stands in between me and the Lord. If it's, I mean, just really, your mind, at that point, it, you're really kind of open for the Lord having his way. So this morning, I just want to take a second and you reflect on what is standing in between me and God. And am I willing to work on it? I, I'm not even going to ask you to give it up. I'm asking you to work on it. I, because it doesn't matter what I ask. It doesn't matter wh what I say. If, if the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you, then it's, it's just hot air. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. What, what do I need to do in my life? How can I be closer? What can I give up? And then I want to pray for our church. And I want to pray. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead us in uh, repentance. And you guys, just help me pray this morning. Just help me pray.